Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. And today's a bit of a special treat. We have a bit of a roundtable talking about the House of Haunts anthology. We're joined by Heather Do- Heather Doherty. I already butchered it. Joshua Lloyd Fox, Justin Holly, Joe DeRowan, and Caitlin Marceau. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Thanks so we're talking me. about the House of Haunts anthology today. Uh, where did this idea come about? Um, I, I've always wanted to put together an anthology. It's sort of my dream job. Like I like writing, I like editing, but actually curating an anthology is is like the top of the line for me. And when I decided to do my first one, I thought, go with what you know. And I grew up reading the old haunted house stories, like the Gothic Victorian, like that, that's what I grew up on. I was in elementary school reading stuff way above what I should have been reading but that's just what I love that's sort of my first love ghost stories haunted houses so I knew that I wanted to do that and so then I thought wouldn't it be cool if we could make it where all these ghost stories took place in the same house so originally we were going to have 12 stories um our our tagline for our book is 24 rooms, 24 ghosts, 24 stories. So we have 24 different authors who have each written a story um, that takes place in a a different room of this house or a different place on the property. And originally we were going to do 12, but there was so much interest in it and so many people who wanted to be a part of it that I um, I actually put a call out on Facebook and I said, okay, I need more rooms that I can use for my house. Like I've got the bedroom, I've got the bathroom. I need some weird rooms that this huge house could have. Um, so we can add more people. And then we we ended up with, I think it's actually, let's see, 6, 12, I think it's 18 rooms and then six places out on the grounds, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so then it was an invitation-only anthology because of the way that uh, that it was set up. It It couldn't just be me put out a call for any haunted house room story you want because then we would have had like 12 kitchen stories and that would never have worked so i i invited people who i knew wrote well people whose stuff i had read before and i was like i know that i'm gonna get good stuff and then we got some of these people here um and actually we have a great group and it has been so much fun working together and um sort of playing everybody's stories off of of other people's stories it's like i'm blown away with how well this has actually worked. And what were some of the challenges putting together an anthology? Because I know it's a bit of a daunting process. Well, the main challenge with this one was just making sure all of the stories worked together because we've got one house, 24 places, 200 years of history, and making sure that nobody's story stepped on the toes of anybody else's story. And if somebody says, something happened 30 years ago, then I have to go back and say, okay, who's writing a story that happened 30 years ago and make sure that that what's happening in this story isn't messing up this story. So there was there was a little bit of, um, uh, I, I told everybody, uh, all the authors in the group, that I looked like that meme of that guy with the conspiracy theory wall, like with all the <laughs> pieces of string connecting everything together, just trying to make sure that everything made sense. And 
it, it was a little crazy uh, for a few days. Josh can tell you I had like little note cards everywhere and 12,000 little scribbled notes trying to make sure that everything worked. But it was fun, too. It's like putting a puzzle together. She reminded me of that meme that right after Einstein passed away, they took a picture of his desk and it was like just stuff was everywhere. Right. And they said that there's a correlation between brilliance and a messy desk space. Our entire living room looked like that posted note monster that like runs through the house. She had it, she had it everywhere. So it was fantastic to watch her. And the other part about it is, is that the joy you can see in what she was putting together. She she stayed up late at night, got up early in the morning, and just had a smile on her face for all of this. So it, it she hasn't been completely stressed out quite yet over it. That's coming up probably pretty soon. But uh man, you can tell that this is gonna be just a fantastic book just by the amount of work that's been put into it and we go uh person to person talk a little bit about your stories and a little snippet of them we'll start with you josh um yeah i'm joshua lloyd fox i'm heather's husband um i'm i came in in the you know two minutes left in the quarter in the fourth quarter down by 12 so um my story takes place in the ballroom it's a civil war first year of the civil war story uh the, there's a law that was put out that no Mardi Gras celebrations could happen during the War of the States, um, but they said, nah, we're still going to do it. And uh, historically, the Union Army actually took over the city of New Orleans, which is kind of nearby this, where it's supposed to be, um, for almost the entire year. So I set up like an ambush from the Union soldiers to the Confederate people at the ball. Uh, but the story revolves around two teenage girls who were there to uh, pick their husbands, basically. It's kind of the Southern Belle kind of thing and um, their excitement. And then, of course, the ambush happens. And I'm calling it the murder mask. Uh, play on words for like the death mask, but then the mask as a ball. So and there's ghosts and there's 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 ghosts. Surprise. <laughs> and Joe, what with you? Oh, I spoke too soon. Um, my story is um, called Roses and Worms, and it's set in uh, 2023. We all had different years we set our stories in, and mine is about a real estate agent that gets saddled with selling Hale House in 2023, this big-ass mansion that everybody in town knows is haunted, and how is he going to sell it? He's not very happy about it. And, of course, he meets a ghost. Well, we'll say that early on. Um, bad things happen, and it gets scary. And, Caitlin, how about you? So, mine's, kind of, uh, mine's called I Can't Miss You If You Never Leave. Uh, mine takes place in, kind of, it's not in the house, so mine's one of the stories on the grounds. Um, mine takes place in, like, the pool area and, like, the pool shed, pool house. Um, and it, it takes place in 2006, I think was the year I finally settled on. It was 2004 and then 2005. And then I was like, no, 2006. And I kept like playing around with it. Um, and it basically, yeah, it also involves uh, two teenage girls. Um, one of them is a Canadian and she has been moved from her home. It's her final year of high school. Um, she's, you know, she moved three hours across the country, which, you know, on internet time at the time was quite a lot, you know, three hours difference from her friend's schedule. Um, and she's just really isolated and she meets a friend in the pool area and things are obviously not what they seem and things escalate really quickly. <laughs> so horribly quickly. So, yeah. 
I Justin, forgot to say mindset oh, in the master bedroom. Where? Sorry. A mindset in the master bedroom. I forgot to say that. Oh, the cool one. Uh, Justin, how about you? Uh, my story is called Love Historically. And I knew as soon as I got invited to this anthology, I wanted the parlor because uh, parlor is where the relationships happen. And uh, my story is a little bit of a paranormal romance with a, with a, a kind of a horror finish. And so, uh, uh, and I came up with the idea, you know, cause I was a weird kid and uh, uh, my first crush was actually a, a celebrity crush, not really a celebrity, but a historical crush. And so it was on Anne Frank and I wanted nothing more than to go back in time and, and uh, save her from the Nazis and stuff. And so I knew that this was a story I wanted to write and it, it was a lot of fun. So. And, uh, and I usually start by asking, uh, um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I stepped on you a bit. Well, it, was just, it, it was a blast. This whole anthology is uh, a lot of fun and, uh, very excited for this to come out. So I usually start by asking too, what's everyone's favorite scary movie? Josh, we'll throw back to you. I like the Saw franchise. Saw? Heather, how about you? Um, I get in trouble. I get asked this question a lot on podcasts. And the truth is that I don't watch a lot of movies. Um, and the the scary movies I do watch are are like old ones. Um that are not really scary. Like I could watch the old Vincent Price House on Haunted Hill every day and never get tired of it. I'm just not like a movie person. I've always been, you know, much happier with a book than watching TV. Um, so I kind of lose my horror cred with this question because I, I I don't have good horror movie picks because I don't watch movies. Sorry. That's the first time I've gotten that answer. <laughs> Joe, what's yours? Mine is probably an indie film from about 10, 15 years ago called Ink. Probably nobody here has ever heard of it, but look it up. It's really good. And it involves uh, alternate realities and scary shit. And, and uh, yeah, I can't describe it any better than that. It's really good. <laughs> you should watch it. Alternate realities and scary shit. I'm sold. Yes, exactly. Caitlin, what's yours? Well, okay, so it totally depends on the day. I tend to be more of like mood watcher and like everything sort of shifts depending. My like professional answer is always like, oh, I love Midsommar. Like, yes, queen, murder and kill that guy. Like he doesn't deserve you. Like, oh my God, set your problems on fire. What a gift. Um, but honestly, my like rainy day movie and it's absolute garbage. I'm not defending it. But I also think it's the best movie ever. Uh, 13, like 13 Ghosts with Matthew Lillard. Oh, I love it. It's terrible, but it's so good. It's a fun movie. I give it that. Yeah. Justin, what's yours? So I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, and and the best of the of them there for me is the original Halloween for, for sure. So I could watch that weekly probably. It's a, such a good movie. So. What'd you think of the Rob Zombie remake? You know, I enjoyed it. Um, I like the violence, and it's a little bit more intense. And so it it definitely offers something different. It was something different. So I did enjoy it. You know, so. And uh, talking about the writing process, are you guys pantsers or are you guys planners? We'll start with you, Josh. I don't get a chance to think about my questions because I would have said uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new one, has a character named Heather Miller, which is my wife's maiden name. 
And um, I haven't told her about that yet because she doesn't watch movies. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Heather Miller was a character that. Anyway, um, I'm so I don't write horror. I'm not a horror writer. Um, I have been baptized into this uh, family by marrying Heather. Um, I'm a fantasy sci-fi writer. So um, I'm 100% an intuitive pantser. Um, I started writing, my whole writing journey started with actually my autobiography four years ago, and I've written six novels since then. And I tell people all the time that ask me about the process and my process, um, that when I sit down in the morning, I enjoy the process because it's a movie going on in, in my head at the same time that I'm writing it. I'm just seeing it play out in front of me. And um, I have probably more fun writing than readers have reading my stuff because it's a surprise to me <laughs> when I sit down. So I love when that happens. Heather, how about you? I'm I'm mostly a, a pantser. I generally know where my story is going to begin and where it's going to end and have no idea what's going to happen in the middle. Um, and then I just sort of surprise myself as I go along and have ideas and go, oh, my God, that's brilliant, you know, and put it in. And then the next day decide it was not brilliant and change it. And <laughs> my uh, my plot lines go through many changes uh, on the way from the beginning I knew was going to be there to the ending I knew was going to be there. How about you, Joe? Pretty much a pantser. I do a little of both, but I've written seven novels and I kind of like Heather. I know how it starts. I know how it ends and how we get there is anybody's guess. The the characters kind of take over at some point and uh, I follow their lead. Caitlin? I used to be a pantser and then, uh, so I have ADHD uh, and you could tell <laughs> in my early stuff. Um, Because I would just like go like, oh, the character is taking me where he needs to take me. And it turns out he needed to take me absolutely nowhere fucking useful uh, for pages and pages and pages. So absolutely hate that. Uh, and now I am like a religious like plotter. And I end up like I, I find myself personally just like with my writing process is I will rewrite the outline and like do it over and over and over again. Specifically because like I know where I want it to start. I kind of know some of the points I wanted to hit. And I know where I want it to end, but like along the way, as I'm mapping it out, it sometimes changes and I realize like, oh, wait, no, this character dynamic isn't going to work this way. So I'll rewrite the outline like more times than I will rewrite the story or more times than I will edit like the finished piece. Um, and that saves me, I find time in the long run. So yeah, now I'm like a religious plotter uh, to the extreme almost. <laughs> Dustin, how about you? Um, Similar to a to a lot of us already, I'm a partial pantser, I guess you'd say, where I have a beginning and end and and some plot points in between and and uh, some character development out ahead. But uh, other than that, yeah, characters take over and away we go. Awesome. And I got to ask you guys, if you were to give advice to somebody who's new at writing, what would it be? Uh, Josh, keep, we'll start with you. Keep... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. No, <laughs> I'm just going to say uh, read as much as you can and, and keep writing and don't stop. Pretty simple. How about you, Josh? This question asked all the time. Um, oh. I hear all the same answers from everybody. Keep reading. Keep writing. Don't give up. Keep pushing forward. Uh, 
Denzel Washington said, if you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. I like that. But I like to tell people, um, you're going to hate your shit. You're going to hate it. And even when you polish it all the way up, you're going to think it's a very polished turd and you're putting it out into the world and you cringe every time you go back and read it. So I tell people the number one piece of advice I can give you after you finished a book and you put it out into the world, leave it the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do, too. I mean, when I pick up my old stuff, yeah. I look at it. And I'm like, I want to change this again. <laughs> Heather, what's but your people love like readers love to see the progression. Like I'll go back and read some of the early Stephen King stuff, like Carrie and Salem's Lot, and he'll even tell you like it's crap. He hates it, but man, it's the progression of not only his ability to tell a story, but his his uh, his writer muscle just got better and better and better as he went. And uh, even the crappy books were well written. So mm -hmm. that's that's fun to see. It's it's kind of like behind the curtains a little bit, seeing what the wizard's doing. Yeah. Heather, do you have advice? I do. Um, and it's it's probably not the most common advice, but I say it all the time. And apparently I... Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on. We're, you muted us. Oh, oops. No, Sorry. You, somebody muted us. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So, so, did you do that? Yeah, trying to fix this thing in it. I didn't know that was a mute button. That's cool. Okay. Know that now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, apparently I stole this from Stephen King, although I don't, I guess it just, I absorbed it from something he said at some point. But I say, kill your darlings, but pay your editors. Mm -hmm. um, because even great writers need an editor. So when you've put in the work to get your story done, do whatever you want with it and make it yours. But then please... Please, please have someone edit it. I say this because I started out as a book reviewer and I hated that I would all the time have to say, this was a great story, but it needs editing. And so then I would have to like drop my rating for a book because just basic proofreading kind of stuff was not done. So you'll get plenty of other advice about actually writing and sticking to it and, and whatever. Yeah. But my advice is, Please have your work edited before you put it out into the world. Can I, can I tell a funny story about that really fast? Go ahead. So I met I met Heather at one of my book signings last last year, beginning of last year, and I gave her the only one of my books I thought she would like was was a serial killer book because she was this big horror person, right? Um, didn't think another thing about it, and she gave me four stars. Four star story, two star editing. So yeah. we got a three-star Oh, review. I got a three-star review. Um, but I got to tell you, it was the best review I've ever had on a book, um, hands down. And uh, and then if you can marry your editor, you don't have to pay them anymore. So that's a good <laughs> piece of advice as well. This is I like so, that And she now edits all those. She now edits all those stories she shit on last year. So there you go. I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, how about you? Yep. Mine is, I guess it's kind of similar to Joshua's in the sense of like, not so much like you're going to hate everything you put out, but just like, remember the mantra finished, not perfect. Like you're never going to get a perfect story. It's not going to happen. I don't care how many times you, you know, you revise it, you rework it, you go back to it. It's just, it's not, it's not possible. It's unattainable goal. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes just putting it out there is okay. And like, even if you're writing it and you have no intention of publishing, like, 
this is maybe controversial, but you're allowed to write garbage. We all write garbage stories. Like you sitting down and writing something that's absolute trash to you doesn't necessarily mean that it's trash to everyone else. And even if it is objectively bad, that's okay. You don't have any obligation to publish something you hate. And like, I always kind of like to look at it as like a rusty sink, right? Like where, you know, you have all that copper, all that rust in the pipe. You just let the water flow for a while before it runs clear again. Like, look at your writing as that sometimes. If you are hitting a wall, if you're stuck, if everything you're producing is garbage, that's okay. Keep writing. Eventually, you'll hit that clear water and be like, thank God I had 73,000 terrible drafts. Now I got a good one. So That's a lot of drafts. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we got a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, do you have advice? Sure. I'll pass on a piece of advice that uh, the horror author Brian Keene uh, said once. He said, writers write, so get your ass on the chair and your fingers on the keyboard. I like that. Brian's an awesome dude. I've had the he pleasure is. of meeting him several times. It uh, scares the care. So uh, before we close out, when is this going to be available? It comes out on Friday the 13th uh, in October. So October 13th. And I knew I wanted October because when else would you release your first Haunted House anthology? And then when I looked in October and I saw that Friday was the 13th, obviously I had to pick that date. Um, so it's going to be out. This is this is my um, my formatter and my person who makes sure that all the different um, formats <laughs> look right. I'm not a technical person, so see... He he gets an editor, but I get I get a formatter. Um, so we're doing paperback. So it's coming out in trade paperback, uh, case laminate hardback, and we're going to control a limited number of dust jacket hardbacks that we're going to sell in a box set. And, uh, an ebook. It'll be out in ebook. They're always out in yes. ebook. <clears throat> um, and we're I just uh, signed a contract with a, an amazing uh, audio voice uh producer named colin campbell and i'm going to try to rope him into doing all the stories however 24 stories told by the same voice may be a little bit much so we're gonna we're gonna think about the audiobook but for for the most part the three or four formats will be available october 13th um and i think we're just going to do a, a run of 250 on the dust jacket oh wow that's gonna be awesome well, thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, I really appreciate I, it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I have to say, um, this is going to be kind of a huge It's book. a monster book. It's like it, 140,000 it, words. Yeah. We're not, I don't, I'm not completely done with all the editing and, and everything, but it's going to be around 140,000 words, which is quite a bit larger than I thought it would be to begin with. And I also want to say before we go, how awesome the whole group of authors has been. We have a, a private Facebook group and they just talk to each other. Like, I don't even have to be in on it. They'll just say, hey, my story is going to have this. Uh, does anybody have something that can tie yeah. into it? Like, I have I have absolutely loved watching the conversations go back and forth and how on board everybody has been to make sure that the stories work together. Even though they're separate stories at separate times written by separate people, the way everybody has come together to make things line up and 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 reference each other it's just amazing and that i think is what is going to make this book 
so cool because as people read it, they're going to read one story and go, oh, wait, that 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 was from that story before, you know, or it, it's just going to be so cool. Sweet. I'm excited for it. Oh, yes, I'm going to say. Oops, oh, sorry, no, I just said I just said, yeah, it will be. It'll be really cool. That's all I was saying. Oh, <laughs> I interrupted you. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining. I really appreciate this. Thank you for having us, all of us on here. We're having a little party. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Closing out, it's been Family Fright Night, Roundtable Edition. Everybody have a great night. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Thank you.